Welcome to Grapes of Passion, our room for wine and sex. Slip into something sexy, open a bottle, we are about to get intimate. Hello, I'm Penelope. I'm Angelina, and welcome to this week's episode of Grapes of Passion. Today, we are featuring a McNeil California Sparkling Brute with, of course, orange and mango juice for mimosas. Because we started early this morning. <laughs> and we know the only way to justify drinking alcohol this early in the morning is by mixing it with fruit juice and calling it mimosas. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I really like it. It is very good. It kind of sneaks up on you a little bit, which is not a bad thing. You can drink it while you're eating some delicious breakfast food. I don't know, recording a podcast perhaps. As far as it sneaking up on you, most champagnes will, so be careful. <laughs> this is your disclaimer. Today's topic is going to be misconceptions. Uh, ooh. Yeah. What did you think was right and then later found out you were wrong about? Uh, I'll start. Okay. <laughs> Things we didn't learn in health class. I remember being in high school and in health class seeing like a silhouette of a penis that was flaccid and then getting hard. And I always thought it was like an on-off switch. Hard or soft, up or down. And that was it. And then I remember some of my guy friends talking about a semi. And I was just like, like a semi-arousal? <laughs> yeah. like in they, between? I know, the things guys talk about. I don't, I don't know. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, you know, when it's not all the way hard. No, I didn't know. And I looked ridiculous. And they had to explain to me, it doesn't have to be hard or soft. There is an in-between. And I was so, I, I was so embarrassed. Not the only time. The other example I can think of was the first time I heard the term blowjob. Do you remember when you first heard that term? The first time I heard blowjob, I was wondering what, I mean, I thought you were blowing on it like a pinwheel. Me too. I didn't know, right? I didn't understand how or that like could get anybody a aroused with your breath, right? And I was like, I mean, that sounds okay, but what why is it only for men? <laughs> right? That's a good question. Why is it only, <laughs> for, is men? It only for men? And then I I honestly can't remember when I found out the real definition, but it was not what I thought. Hmm. Why is it called blowjob? Wow. Not Anyway, so that's what I wanted to talk about today. Maybe because you blow their mind. Oh my gosh, that's a really good one. <laughs> this is called a blow job because she blew my mind. <laughs> I wanted to touch on one of your favorite topics, Penelope. I'm going to say the misconception and then you give me your thought on it. All right. Because I've done some research, I wanted to find what other people thought that turned out to be incorrect. So, misconception number one, liking anal sex means you're gay. How do you feel about that? I want to say I never really associated anal sex to being gay, mainly because I just always considered it from a medical aspect. I knew in the past when I was going to medical classes even straight guys could have an arousal and have children because of paral paralyzation. Paralysis? Yeah, paralysis. Paralysis. Okay. <clears throat> so, no, I never considered that a 
factor of if you like anal, you're gay. Right. It feels good when you play around back there. That has nothing to do with your sexual preference or your sexual orientation or who you want in bed with you. Right. That doesn't matter. That's about a body part that you enjoy playing with. And some people enjoy it more than others. And I don't, I think it's a heterosexual male problem, maybe. Is it a homophobic thing? I, Why do guys? Maybe it's ingrained in them that we can't like that because that means we're gay. And it's like, first of all, everybody can like that. Can, yes. They can, if done correctly. Correctly, yes. I mean, it should be about what makes you feel good and what you're comfortable with, not what you think other people are going to think of you. That is true. I did some research about anal sex for straight men because I think they need some help understanding that not only is it okay, but it's great. I mean, straight women, gay women, gay men, it's good for everyone. But the misconception is for straight men thinking they shouldn't like it. My favorite, I found an article called 11 Reasons Every Straight Man Should Try Bottoming, which means receiving the anal sex. Number 10 is massaging your prostate once a month may help prevent prostate cancer. Good news, men. Your doctor will concur with this. (laughs) Let us put it in your butt. (laughs) Not only will you like it, but it's good for you. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's going to be my slogan. I mean, that ranks, that ranks up with cardio exercise and eating correctly. There's a lot of factors that can help out and this is one of them. Correct. Would you rather run a marathon or have an orgasm? Those are your choices, okay? You can either have cardiovascular exercise, great. Anal sex, greater. <laughs> I can tell you what my partner would say. What would your partner say? He would not agree with the cardiovascular <laughs> exercise. Not at all. We are not anti-cardiovascular exercise. We are pro-anal sex. True. <laughs> And it doesn't have to be the raunchy kind. It can be sensual. It can be intimate. To me, I feel like anal sex is more intimate than vaginal sex because you have to be more careful, more considerate, in tune with each other's bodies. And you have to be relaxed and completely trust that you're not going to definitely, you know, damage the other person or be damaged by And I can understand why someone might be hesitant about it because there's so much involved. But it should be something positive. It shouldn't have a negative misconception about it. I agree. Why are there so many misconceptions about sex and people's bodies in general? Well, this goes back to sex being taboo. No matter how many times it's been written about, talked about, people go to therapy about it, it's still taboo. For example, in movies, you can have all the blood and gore and violence you want, but you put some sex in there. Uh Uh-uh. You can't, kids can't watch that. No. It's natural. It's healthy. They showed boobs. Oh my gosh, not boobs. (gasps) Can we just have a little more male frontal nudity in movies though, please? Are you guys really that insecure? <laughs> we have small tits, big tits, flat tits, yeah. soggy, saggy tits, perky tits. But you guys are like, don't show my flaccid penis. We're okay <laughs> with that. We want to see your flaccid penis. We don't mind. Show us, show us the penis. <clears throat> this misconception is about the tightness of a vagina. 
and how it relates to the number of partners a woman has been with. The misconception is that the more men a woman has been with, the less tight her vagina is going to be. Not true. Not true. Not true. False. 100%. In the conversation we had with this other person, we gave them, or the person, a scenario of a woman having sex with 100 different partners or a different woman having sex over a period of 30 years, three times a week with the same partner. Who would be more loose? The answer was the one who was with one partner for over 30 years because she had more sex. But what is the answer to this? What is the true answer? Right. There, it has no correlation with the amount of sex or the number of partners. We have children come out of our vaginas. They are way bigger than any partner anyone's going to be with. The vaginal walls are muscles. They are made for expanding and contracting. A person's genetics are going to come into play. It has nothing to do with the number of partners. And I feel like that, even that misconception, is shaming people. That almost shames a woman who loves sex, too. It does. It really makes her look like she's a whore or something. And I know... There's been women who've had like 10, 12, 13 kids mm-hmm. and their husbands are just like, yeah, she feels amazing. Right. <laughs> That's what your vagina is made to do. It bounces back. It does. Otherwise, <laughs> we would be in open hallway for a hot dog to go down. <laughs> Some people are not born with super tight vaginal muscles. Like I said, genetics. Correct. So there are exercises. I had a friend I worked with who had a procedure done with lasers that tightened the walls and she felt that was right for her. That's great. They also have lubricants that tighten your walls. I did not know that. Yes, they do. They have lubricants that tighten up your vaginal walls. Quick tip, ladies. If you get clitoral stimulus and have an orgasm before you have penetration, that will tighten your walls too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because if, if you've already exercised those muscles, when your mm-hmm. partner goes in there, it's going to be tight. And he's going to be like, wow, there is a huge difference. There definitely is. I, I didn't even think to point that out. I'm glad you said that because that's a good reason for people to focus on their partner. Correct. I mean, it really does benefit both sides. It does. You can't be selfish in sex. No. I think maybe it's hard for... Someone that does not have a vagina to understand. (laughs) You have an orgasm, you can still have sex afterwards. Whereas some men, a lot of men don't have that ability. Bounce back. Right, the bounce back. Some do and some don't. Some women really can't either because they are way too sensitive. I know. Everybody's different. And that's why misconceptions, it's like stereotyping. You shouldn't do it. Yeah. I, I know that my bounce back is pretty quick. But for other women, it's just like they have to wait a minute or a couple hours. Okay, period sex. Number one, nobody wants to have sex while they're on their period. Number two, it doesn't feel good to have sex while you're on your period. And number three, ew, that's gross. One, two, three, false. I have met men who just 100% know. I've met women that way too. You do they not touch me. Do not touch me. Okay. Do not touch me. I'm, I'm sensitive. My boobs are sensitive. My <laughs> husband's a whore. That's my break. Oh, but if you're uncomfortable with it, and that needs to be respected, but that doesn't mean you maybe don't have sexual feelings that can be, 
you know, addressed in other ways. That you is don't it. have to have vaginal intercourse on your period to be satisfied. You don't. With today's ways of controlling flow, oh, you yeah, can even have options. you can have oral mm-hmm. still. It, but that's yes, up, please. that is up to your partner still. But you know, addressing the it doesn't feel good. Men. There are a lot of women who don't have a problem having their explorations done while on their period, but it's nothing against you. Sometimes when it's too wet down there, there's just not enough friction for us to feel anything. No. Too much lubrication is not good. The cleanliness, like it's gross. Also, douche. I- Get a douche and clean it out before you have intercourse. You do that. I have never done that in my life. I've never felt the need for that, but get in the shower. You can get in the shower too. Clean it off. I mean, if you have concerns about making a mess, okay, clean yourself off. You know, lay out a towel, Towel. a Mm -hmm. blanket. Maybe it's not the sexiest thing to prepare, but you're going to thank yourself afterwards. But you know what? You can actually get pretty linen and lay it out all nice and pretty and fold it really pretty and present yourself as a rare steak. Yes. <laughs> Come eat at the steakhouse. What man doesn't want some steak and mashed potatoes? Totally true. I like my pink. I'll go rare this week. <laughs> Good, because that's what's on the menu. That's what's on the menu. One thing I did want to mention, because this wasn't necessarily a misconception, but just something I didn't know, was that, and maybe not every person has this problem, but it's recommended for everyone, and I found out early on that I did have this problem. If you don't urinate right after having sex, or very soon after, you can get a urinary tract infection. I was never told that either. Never told that until it happened to me and I didn't know what was going on. And I called my mother and she pulled out her old like vintage book of medical symptoms. Okay, this was pre-Google, all right? That's where this book came from. But she pulled it up and she was like, I'm pretty sure you have a UTI. And according to this book, it's called Newlywed Syndrome. And I was like, it has a name? Like this is so common. Why were we not taught this? And it's just, you have to flush out. Every body has bacteria. And it messes with your pH balance. It does. That's all it is. Vaginas are delicate. We are. We're like a flower. A delicate flower. We are. (laughs) You have to take care of it. You have to care for your vagina. And you have to look out for things like pH balance. And you have to, you know, flush it after you've banged it up. After care. That's what's There we go. Yes. After after care. care. And I'm sure every single doctor that sees a newlywed girl come in, they're like, here we go. Sex education lacks in so many different areas. Yes. I think that's a huge problem. I mean, that could be a whole podcast on its own. What's wrong with the sex education? This is another misconception, but the definition of virginity. Some people think that loss of virginity is when you have penetration. Others feel like if you reach climax, you've lost your virginity. Hmm. So which is what? Right. And why does it differ so much between men and women? And why does it matter? You know, I think that it started back when women were seen as nothing more than property, as they were worth more if they were intact because they were going to be given to men. Virginity is a very heterosexual, male-dominated kind of thing. But there's no test that can be done to see if men are a virgin, except I did some research, of course. I am the, the house researcher. And here's what I've seen. For some cultures, 
where it is important for men to be virgins and it seems like the virgin expert had good intentions because they wanted to teach men to prevent STDs and so they're trying to teach to not be promiscuous men or these boys they're done monthly these tests and one of them is about a certain vein on the penis because the vein disappears when a boy sleeps with a virgin because her vaginal opening is still tight. So there's a secret virgin vein on men's penises that goes away. <laughs> this is what they're testing for. Let me see your penis, let but me check for the virgin vein. But you're assuming he sleeps with a virgin. One of the methods includes checking for a certain vein on the penis of the boy because they believe the vein disappears if a boy sleeps with a virgin because her vaginal opening is still tight. Here we we're linked back to the previous misconception. Tightness depends on how many partners you have. Correct. That a virgin is gonna have a super tight vaginal area and that someone who's not a virgin is so loose that they can't make this special virgin vein disappear. The other thing, it says if a boy urinates straight up into the air, he's a virgin. If the urine sprays, he has had sex before. I don't believe I've witnessed a male peeing to know and straight up in the air. What is I need to know what position this person is okay, in. Okay, well a man straight up into the air, he's a virgin. If it sprays, he has had sex before. Where are they aiming? I have no idea. It sounds like they're <laughs> aiming at nothing, really. They're just peeing. But I know that after having sex, it's incredibly hard for both male and female to pee because your body is still tense. tense. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's, I mean, unless they caught this kid right after the act, mm -hmm. how is that even relevant? It's, it's really not as the, so there's one more thing. Expert male virginity testers could determine virginity by looking at the color of the knees. If a man's knees are dark, he's not a virgin. Now, as silly as this may sound what to us. What is dark? I guess just darker than than the rest of his legs. That, my elbows are darker assume. than the rest of my body. Well, it's we all just know because you're not a virgin. <laughs> it's a lot of skin put in a small area so it can right. bend. The that pigmentation is just condensed. It's all <clears throat> malarkey. However, I love that word. Can I just appreciate the fact that there are actually male virginity tests? I had never heard of this before. Neither have I. Up until I saw this article, I didn't know anybody really cared, which it's nice to know that, okay, they're being judged too. Somewhere. In an ideal world, nobody gets judged based on their virginity status. Somewhere they're being judged. Somewhere, yes. Uh, not... Not around here so much, and hopefully less for the population in general. Because, I mean, the definition of virginity is just, I feel, should be a personal thing. If you even care about that word at all. There's so many people who don't. Yeah. But for those who do, you have to... Go by your own convictions. You can't, you can't say somebody else's convictions are incorrect. Some people are like, if it's penetration, but I... Vaginal penetration, anal penetration, oral penetration, there's all sorts of penetrations. If you use a toy versus human touch, the hymen, yes. are you still a virgin? I mean, you've never been with a person. So is it a, a, a person thing? Is it a, a specific orifice thing? 
personally, I feel like is it the is it a climax? Just... Is it a climax thing? Right. Is it not a climax thing? Exactly. And because <clears throat> if you're gonna instance... go if you're gonna go by climax, then most <laughs> I, it takes a while for a girl to figure it out. I was a virgin for a very long time. <laughs> it takes a minute sometimes. It can, which is too bad. I do want to talk about something a little more serious. And this is going to be the end of my misconception topics. Okay. The misconception is that for people that have experienced sexual trauma, they feel like they cannot have a healthy, happy sex life afterwards. And that's, it's not true. It can be true for some people, but it doesn't have to be true. It does not have to be true. What are your thoughts on that topic? That can be a really deep subject. That could be a podcast for Patreon, but... I know it's a very hard and difficult process. It usually takes time. It's a journey. A lot of patience on your yeah. partner or partners because sometimes people just give up on you because they're not getting satisfied because you just don't feel comfortable and you can't explain it to them well enough. Um, speaking to professionals, right. definitely. But it can happen. Healing can happen. Yeah. I think it's definitely important to get professional help and those partners that can't be satisfied and don't have the patience and time are not for you. Right. It, it does. It takes a lot of an understanding. Mm-hmm. Getting love. to know yourself. Yes. And what you are comfortable with doing. Well, you have to learn to love yourself. You do. Yeah. Because you feel like the only thing you can provide is that you have to learn how to love yourself outside yeah. the the trauma. Um, it's a very important topic though because because people who have experienced sexual trauma can still enjoy fetishes, can still have weird sex, can still have normal loving vanilla sex. You have to find the right person for you. You have to get professional help, and yeah, you have to love yourself. But it is possible. That is a definite misconception. Correct. I, I definitely know that there has been proof of this. Yeah. <clears throat> so we want to know what our listeners' misconceptions were. Was it something as, do I want to say innocent, as not knowing what a blowjob was? Or um, something more serious as to, you know, something you didn't know about the other, you know, your partner's body. You didn't know how something worked. You didn't know how your own body worked. Right. I did not know exactly how menstruation worked until I was already pregnant. That's not okay. No. I did not. I didn't know what ejaculation was until I was giving a blowjob <laughs> and the guy came in my mouth. <laughs> That's I, not okay. I was surprised by that in a yeah. not so great way. We need to we need to have more information out there. So I want to know from our listeners what your misconceptions were. So we can talk about them, see if, you know, other people felt the same way. Maybe we all can feel silly and laugh about it, or we just have to go, whoa, we need to look this up because this is serious. Yeah, definitely. We hope that you will submit your misconceptions so we can talk about them. And we are excited to see you next time. You can find exclusive content and after-hours interviews on Patreon and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Podbean. 
We'll be back next week for another episode of Grapes of Passion.